Hi, Dr. Marlene Mireles, physical therapist here with our pediatric telehealth coffee hour. Today we have Bethany Nielsen, Dr. Bethany Nielsen, physical therapist and owner of Villages Child Development in Columbia, Tennessee, which she owns with her friend and OT Cassie Kleinfelder. Um, so you started your business in February of this year, right? We did, super great timing. <laughs> Um, but but since then you've made the transition to telehealth and you're you had already started in February doing group wellness classes online right we were doing those group wellness classes in February were in person we had thought about telehealth because we live in a rural setting we're about an hour south of Nashville um, so there's not a whole lot of resources for people um, but given this current pandemic it kind of prompted us to jump right in and go ahead and get started with it that's awesome. So today we're going to talk about, because especially right now, a lot of therapists are looking how they can bring in other air, like streams of income. Um, right. So I know even I thought like, oh, that'd be fun to do like a group wellness class, but I had like, I, I still didn't feel the confidence to go in that direction. So I'm happy that I met you so we could talk about this because I'm sure that um, other therapists have thought the same thing and they just need more information and it's great to be able to talk to someone that's doing it right now. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I feel like I wasn't anybody that knew anything that could be helpful. So I'm excited that people like do want to hear more about it. And hopefully all the info that I've learned along the way can be helpful for them. Great. Yes, I'm glad that you're here today. So thank you. Um, yeah. So first, I'd like to start off um, with what made your business partner and you decide, well, we talked about you kind of were forced into the um, mm -hmm. virtual space, um, but what made you decide to go with wellness classes? So we, uh, my business partner has been working for about 10 years. I've been working for about five. Um, and along those years, we felt like we just kept getting kids that we kept thinking, man, if we could have just done something sooner or been a little bit more proactive, like this maybe wouldn't have even been a problem. Like if we could have seen you from the very beginning and just given a few tips, not even therapy necessarily, but I think there's all sorts of resources for one end of the spectrum when you come in and you have a diagnosis or something that you're expecting to be delayed for we've got those resources for true therapy. And then unless you're a parent that's just like, my child's perfect and I have no questions, which no parent is, like we have 8,000 questions, but we have nowhere to get those, especially with development. It's almost like this stigma of, oh no, there's nothing wrong with my child. And so we wait and we wait and then it's like, mm, maybe we now, we now need to intervene. So we were hoping to fill that gap and kind of take all the questions and gray areas that we have up front and um, just give parents a resource where they could feel confident that their child is either on the right track, they're confident in knowing what to do, what's coming next, just kind of feel more empowered and not at the will of somebody telling them, you know, you need therapy or not, something's wrong, something's not. Right, I think that's a great point that you made because um, there aren't a lot of resources out there for parents that aren't aware that their children may be at risk and then for them to have and especially to have like a group class like that um that's great so how was your participation um with people coming to the in-person classes so the first round of classes honestly there were a lot of people that we already knew and maybe they invited some friends um 
but we heard a lot of feedback like, oh, I didn't know that, or this was so helpful, or, you know, oh, I understand this now, or they kind of looked at their kids' play a little bit differently, which was our hope. Like, I just want to kind of educate and empower, and then I think they had fun just being around other moms and babies, and the kids were like, playing together as much as a six month old can play with another six month old, but they would laugh and smile and giggle. So we were hoping that it would kind of turn into a community too, or like a support. You're not just, you know, those first months are hard of being a mom. And so just being around other moms and other babies, getting, getting more info was our goal. And so um, now with the virtual classes, are you seeing the participation as far as people signing up? Is it the same or is it starting to level off where it's about the same interest wise? Yeah, so here's what is interesting. Uh, and, and it may be just a lot of variables because I'm not sure if we have extra resources and money to kind of spend on things. And I think we've, all jumped into doing online stuff really quickly and I don't know if they're like I need one more meeting online for I think I think we're getting a little bit overwhelmed with it so it's been the groups online the best response we got from that was a very specific infant massage class given to a group of moms where their kids had down syndrome like they were all over it and that was super successful um, the other sessions have been more one-on-one. -on -one. So I think coming in to a virtual class with strangers is kind of funky for people. Um, but we are, we're altering, you know, we just keep, we keep adapting and keep changing and see what that response can be online. So we're, we have a new class that's going to be scheduled next Saturday that we've gotten some interest for. And so about how many current um, topics of group classes are you offering right now or that are in the making? So we have, we have done pretty successfully the infant massage class. It was infant massage and also um, Cassie led that class, my partner, and um, she does tummy time method. So okay. she kind of combined a little bit of those. Um, our typical baby one class is what we labeled it is tummy time method. So that can be a three week old up until not quite crawling or maybe crawling you kind of graduate out of tummy time. Um, we kept it more to skill level than age because I don't want the focus to be on age and skills, but just where's your child and what's the next step. Um, so our baby one class we're offering baby twos, uh, pick up with the kids that are kind of independently sitting, crawling, or trying to crawl, uh, and go up to new walkers. Now, that one we did in person, and for virtual purposes, I'm hoping to separate them. So I'm hoping to focus just on kids that are trying to crawl and just on kids trying to walk, just to kind of reel it in a little bit more for virtual purposes. Um, we're also set up to do like pre and post phrenectomy classes. Uh, Cassie, my business partner does those and, um, I think those are the top four right now that we've okay. kind of set up. I mean, next time when you all do like the infant massage for kids with Down syndrome, I have like a few patients that maybe I can recommend to go. So I'd love to know when yeah. you're hosting these classes and maybe other therapists that 
aren't doing the classes themselves, that would be a great resource for them to refer to. But yeah, it's wellness classes, so they don't have to be in the same state that you're licensed as a therapist because it's wellness, not therapy. Right. And that's been, I've read oodles of information on that like super gray area. But what I've realized with wellness is that I'm not so much working with the kid. And even in this class, some of the babies were asleep feeding, like they weren't even present. Mom learned this technique on a doll. So we're showing you how to do it on a doll. You can even learn it on a doll. So I think that really helps make the divide between, well, wellness is in our practice act. You still need to be licensed to do that. Like I'm not treating the child. I'm not even performing that. You're not even performing on the kid. Like I'm teaching you a strategy on a doll that you can carry over. Um, So it's more of like a, a parent focus. That's probably been the biggest shift going from in-person to virtual is that I've realized it's not child focused as usual. It's not me with the child, but it's been parent focused. Like I'm going to teach the parent to do these things. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's a great point to make that it's more educating the parent and teaching them. And if their child's there, great, but they don't need their child. Right. And they can carry it over. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. I know we've I, I sent you the questions before and we kind of answered a lot of those. So I'm like scrolling down like, okay. No, sorry. Next I did good. I love I try it. not to ramble. I think I could just like, blah, 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 blah. No, I love, then it comes across like, you know, it's natural and we're talking. <laughs> um, so how much do you charge for your group classes compared to like a therapy session? So for the group classes, we came up with, they're about an hour long. Um, the infant massage tummy time was an hour and a half, but we still charged our typical like $30 a person rate. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a hour and a half class that we were going to do a 45, um, $45 for per class, but that kind of fizzled out. So we've been just trying to stay in the 30, 40 range. And we set those prices based on in-person classes when we were renting spaces. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if that's helpful for anybody, but we just kept it going. We're like, it was 30. It's going to be 30 then. It was 30 now, whatever. Definitely. And um, so to, since a lot of the classes, I mean, there are, I know we talked about there being mommy and me classes or mm-hmm. parent and me, um, but it's parent focused. So do you use any PowerPoints or slideshows or is it more talking and demonstrating with the doll? Yes, talking and demonstrating. So for my classes, I was kind of looking at what baby was doing. We would set them down on the floor. They were sitting well. We kind of would go to the next thing, discuss maybe sitting balance and little tricks. And if they were trying to reach for a toy and transition, then maybe that would lead us down the road to tricks for transitioning in and out of sitting. So it was kind of, and maybe it's just the way my brain works anyways, as a therapist, it's just kind of like an organic where the kid takes us, I go. Right. Um, there's probably got to be a little bit more structure behind a virtual class. Um, and Cassie was able to do her class just with those dolls and just kind of start with I'm teaching XYZ and kind of go through her teachings. Um, she actually said that her internet on her end wasn't working and everybody was frozen the entire hour and a half class that she did. <laughs> But it was only on her end. They could all see and... And she could um, hear them, so she got the feedback that, they, that she wasn't frozen. She, 
she could, they could, there was one person that was unmuted that she could hear. She would like pause and she told them up front, like, I can't see anybody, but just shout out, unmute yourself. Um, and so, so here it just, she couldn't see, but they were learning on the babies anyway. So if they had questions, they just kind of had to talk through it, but it still worked. It still worked fine. That's awesome. Despite technicalities. So with the, with the group session though, you're going to have babies that are performing differently, but you're trying to set the description as, you know, your baby can do this X, Y, and Z, but not this yet. So if they are a little bit on a different page, um, like how do you coordinate that and how many, what's your max of kids that can sign up? Mm -hmm. So the in-person we had at six and I felt like that was it anymore to be overwhelming. Um, we had more in the virtual infant massage, we had eight. And she said that was a little bit tricky to keep up with and she would still recommend six. We got the number six from the tummy time method um, approach because that was kind of their recommended number for groups and that was our, really our basis and standard for hosting group stuff. Okay, and then um, I know I had sent you this question um, but I didn't get the answer to, to this one. Are you all planning in the future to maybe have a class for therapists so you can guide them through or maybe like share your curriculum and they like the tummy time or like, right. like I'm not certified as, as an infant massage, but like if I mm -hmm. want to like pay you all to let me use your curriculum so I could host a class and attend your class yeah. as an observer, is that something that y'all have talked about? So I read that and I literally text Cassie and I was like, this never crossed my mind. Is this even like, I didn't realize this would even be something that somebody would be interested in. <laughs> so you've planted a seed, but I feel like we would almost be the blind leading the blind because it's so new for everybody. I would want to make sure like we're going to see this out, get more experience and maybe down the road that could be a super awesome resource. I literally hadn't thought about that until I read it and just kind of like blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> so. Even like, like I won't sign up for some classes that therapists do for other therapists. Um, because like, I, I want to come up with something myself and I don't want like, mm -hmm. like their information to be in my stuck in my head. But if yeah. the intention from the beginning is, like, hey, you can come to my class and you can like pay to use my curriculum if you want to like go off that until you can develop, you know, yeah. and then you, then you, you kind of use it as like a building block and you can yeah. add up to it. Yeah, I, like, yeah. so I, I purposely haven't taken like some classes that I've been invited to, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, well, I want to, you know, I don't want your information to be stuck in my head. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I understand. Um, no, I think that's a super thought. And I don't know. We'll have to let it stew a little bit, I guess. <laughs> let me know if, if that you end up doing that because that's yeah, something sure. I would be interested in. And if any other therapist listening to this, if that's something you would be interested in, please definitely make a comment so they can see like if there's, um, if there's a need for that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So, so prior to the pandemic, were you in a uh, brick and mortar or were you mobile? We, so both of us had, second part-time jobs. So we opened this more as like a side business that has kind of taken on this whole new gamut that we didn't even expect. Um, Cassie was working in the homes doing early intervention and then I was working in a clinic, um, typical therapy. So 
she's still doing some part-time stuff. All of that has turned into telehealth. Um, and I have now transitioned solely to just this business. So all of my experience prior has been clinic or home settings. So with your patients, um, before the pandemic, you would go to their homes? Cassie was doing homes. I was in clinic. Oh, okay. So you did have a space to like, we did, I was, it was a separate, separate business. So oh. it was like a part, this has now become my full-time job. That was my full-time job. Okay. Now we've made that transition over. And so what other, um, transitions have you had to make from pre-pandemic to now telehealth virtual as far as patient intake? Like what, how has it changed mm -hmm. your um, we started with, so we're using G Suite for our business, um, and we started printing forms. The first in-person group classes, they signed something for us, a couple little waivers um, that we were going to scan into G Suite. All of that is now in electronic form. So we have an email template. We have Google Forms that we send, they fill out, we keep replies, even links for payment. I can put the direct link to pay for the class um, all in one email that we get their responses right back. And are you saving it into the Google Drive? Mm-hmm, yeah. So the, the, form, the form will save into a spreadsheet and then I can see all their responses because we have a few questions like, can we use your picture or not? Um, so all of those permissions, we can kind of look at their answers and it's all just in a spreadsheet. So everybody that's been in that class, we can have all the responses in one spot. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Google Forms. I've been transitioning. I just had my stuff on a Word document. Mm -hmm. So now I kind of make it fillable on Google Docs, but then I can't like have part of it. Like when they fill out their information, they, they can still edit other stuff and I don't want that. So I'm trying to figure out how to make it so they can't change anything but still fill out their information but i'm hearing right. that google forms is a good way to google forms has been um we made it work really well i could even link i think i watched um i'm positive i watched an online tutorial and like read all the stuff that's all i've been doing for two months is just consuming information but um i can link i made documents of our policies so you could click on that link, it would open up that document, you could read through it, and then it would say, you know, by filling out, I agree on the form, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And so then they could go back to the form and click, I agree or I don't agree. I that. So just in one form, they could kind of click back and forth. Here's this document, here's this one, and answer the appropriate question for it. Okay. But what about the, the like, basic information, like address and... Um, you know, past medical history where it's not, it's kind of like they have to do a written answer. Those, so we, we honestly haven't had true therapy clients doing online stuff. Our one and only true OT client was back in February when we were still seeing people in person. Um, so for the group stuff, I get their, their name, their child's name, that date of birth, but I don't really have a need for any other basic information. Um, we may get addresses when they pay. It may come up in their payment, um, like online payment to fill out their billing information. Uh, 
are you all focusing on the wellness groups and prevention right now? We are right now. We're not in network with insurance companies. And I think that's a big roadblock for a lot of people. Um, we're happy to see, we've talked to several people about therapy options. Um, but we're trying, our goal is to be early intervention providers with the state. So we're trying to start insurance credentialing processes so that we can fill out the early intervention application and, and ask, ask me in a year how that's going. It's going to take forever. So, and then, so let's see, what else do we have here? But it sounds like, I mean, I think everybody's been forced to transition to telehealth, telehealth <laughs> pretty fast <Yeah. laughs> um, and change their business models. Um, mm -hmm. So what strategies have you found that have helped the most with the transition? Is it Google Forms or? That was super helpful. That made everything all, because I think the paperwork is kind of the hardest part. Like we're very used to like paper forms and holding papers. So G Suite really has been great because I can use Google Meet and I can put a link in a calendar. So as soon as I put them on my calendar, they get that link. Um, I even made templates for our intake on the email. So I have templates saved for emails. Like if this person is signing up for a group class versus a one-on-one -on -one session versus therapy, I already have a template with the form links embedded in it um, just to kind of save time. time. I like efficient systems. Um, so, <laughs> and then, um, so I know you haven't had like a true, um, like physical or physical therapy telehealth session, but what, um, test or assessment are you planning on using for evaluations? So I would totally use the aims for the babies because it's strictly observational. They can sit baby down on the ground, on their belly, on their back, and sitting, and then some standing. And I just can watch their skills and check them off. Yeah. It's a great tool that I was using in the clinic, and it would translate perfectly to telehealth. Um, older kids, kind of, I guess it depends on the diagnosis. Um, Peabody's gonna be hard to get kind of parents to explain and to do the PD cat is super functional and that's just lists of questions that parents can answer. Mm -hmm. um, so it may be more kind of participation and function based than tests that are looking at skills and, you know, real detailed things. Yeah, because then like with the Peabody, you'll be like, okay, uh, depending on the kid, you know, oh, you need a jump rope, a 16-inch. Yeah. <laughs> put on the floor and walk on that little two-inch line as far yeah. as you can, and then walk backwards on it, because all kids do that perfectly. Right, yeah. yeah. Then in person, it's... Yeah, I can see that being tricky. I've used, um, I haven't had an initial eval yet, and with mm -hmm. I'm, my contract job is early intervention, and so they have um, another therapist does the initial eval, but I have done annual reviews and I've used the mm -hmm. ELAP and it works pretty, pretty good. So I mm -hmm. like that one. I haven't tried the AIMS yet. I'm going to have to look into that. I, I like, that's, that's my go-to with that. Um, less than walk. I think the cutoff is 18 months or walking. So. And what are, for the therapists out there that are interested in um, developing some group classes, Mm -hmm. 
group wellness classes, what is, what is the, what is the biggest thing that you wish that you would have known when you first started to develop these classes? So I think in my mind, I thought people would jump all over it. Like, Oh, it's mommy and me. It's this wellness thing. But honestly, since we're therapists, I think there's a stigma that I'm still telling them something's wrong with their child. Like, even though we're calling it wellness, I don't think we understand that in a pediatric setting. Mm -hmm. Like as an adult, we know we brush our teeth so we don't get cavities and we drink water so we don't get dehydrated and we can watch what we eat and we can work out. But when you look at a child and talk about wellness, I think there's still a fear of, well, is something wrong or no, let them do it on their own time or let, you know, there's a complete wall that gets built up. Mm -hmm. So we've had to kind of market and sell the wellness a bit harder than I thought we were going to. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be to find like a super specific niche because like that infant massage class to a specific groups of moms took off. I mean, people instantly signed up. Whereas just saying baby wellness for this and that and the other hasn't, they don't understand how that's going to be helpful, especially if they think, well, there's nothing wrong with my kid. I don't need that. Exactly. So I think it's kind of in the, I, I would, I would stay super focused and detailed in your class. Awesome. Well, this, this has been really helpful. And um, I feel like I have a new understanding and a new, you know, I'm more, I'm going to motivate it. I'm going to do a group class. There you go. I'm a niche. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I may call yeah. you and ask you some questions. Please do. Pick my brain. That's what we're here for. There's, there's been lots of brain picking online in the last two months. My kids are screaming in the other room. I have to hit pause on the recorder real fast. That's fine. <laughs> okay, everybody, I'm back. Only one kid got hurt <laughs> and one's in timeout. Um, but this is our life right now. We're working from home. Our kids are here. So this is a good example. <laughs> Going with the flow. And so Bethany, um, she thought of some great tips during our little break. Um, so she's going to share that with us now. So let us more about marketing. So uh, can you tell me your tips? Yes. So we had to kind of get creative on how to find people. Uh, for our classes, especially being a brand new business, we were starting from marketing from the very beginning. So two things that we have done, one is finding local places, even though we're on the internet and you're kind of reaching everybody, uh, finding local places that already have groups for moms and kids, whether it's music or dance or like a little gym type setting or nonprofits that are doing stuff. Um, we've been able to kind of make partnerships with them and then you can kind of have access to their people and kind of team up together. Um, so that was one way we found, um, some participants. And then the other, now that we are on the internet and all doing telehealth, Facebook groups have been super helpful. So our successful group class was given directly to a Facebook group. So there was a friend that was in the group that said, hey group, would this be in, you know, interesting for you guys? And that's kind of how we found it. So think of whatever your niche is and your ideal client and where are they in Facebook groups or in the community um, to kind of seek people out that way. 
And you mentioned that you have a new partnership with a nonprofit. Mm. Is that, was that with the, um, the tummy time and infant massage or is this a new relationship? This is, so this relationship was with, it's kind of like a little gym, but it was privately owned. So she just opened this year also, um, a physical location where they were doing kids gymnastics classes and the nonprofit was her infant program where they were doing free tummy time and like cruising crawling classes but <laughs> sorry my kids what? again they're like i have what? this so you can't see my bed's not made and it's dirty <laughs> they're, they're moving it <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna hit fantastic <laughs> okay so so the um <laughs> the non <laughs> Her nonprofit was what she's calling the infant program. And we just, we saw her on Instagram, honestly, and she was looking for partnerships to offer different types of classes. So we just said, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. And she said, well, that's great because that's what I'm trying to do, but you're more qualified. Do you want to take over our infant program and actually teach the classes? Um, but now since the pandemic has set in, she's actually closing her physical location, but we're still going to go forward with her nonprofit infant program. So we'll be doing the services because she already had some, um, connections with, uh, you know, churches in the area. Um, I can't remember where all she had talked to, like the library and, and other locations that were hoping to have some classes come in. That's awesome. Cause then while she's doing her marketing for her business, she's also marketing for you. So that's great. Yes. So finding partnerships has been key. We have a whole page on our website dedicated to community connections is what we have as our tagline, whatever it is, but there are businesses that do like mommy and me classes. Um, this one's going to be the nonprofit aspect so that if you can't afford a class, I can refer you to her nonprofit and then through a scholarship or something, they could potentially have it paid for by other means. Awesome. Sorry, I had, I remember I set the Alexa timer for timeout where it started going off, but nobody's there to turn it off but me. That's, I had you on mute though, but that's why you saw my lips moving. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I love all these ideas and these tips and um, yeah, and were you going to say something right now? I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, we're, I, think I said it all. <laughs> well, I think this was a message if I come up with something else and you can throw it in there, got somewhere. And thank you for being so understanding with like my kids. <laughs> it's fine. I only have one. He's sleeping. I'm surprised my dog is not like up here trying to be a part of this as well. <laughs> and you have one on the way also, right? I do. We're, um, you know, like full force. <laughs> So. I think that also probably helps, like, that you're pregnant to reach, like, the pregnant mom niche. That could be, like, one of your... Yeah. I mean, we've, we've brainstormed lots of collaborations. And again, it's not even... I think that's been the biggest kind of eye-opening shift, is it's not so much, what can I do for a kid, but, like, how can I help the moms support the kid? Like, it's kind of coaching the families and parents, which I think we should probably do more of as therapists. Like, I think it's been challenging, but also we might be surprised at how well it is working yeah. over telehealth or just kind of taking a new approach, but coming up with prenatal stuff or, 
because uh, tummy time, you, you know, some things you can learn before baby even comes. So we've come up with lots of ideas. It's just like, getting I have noticed, out. like, I think you're totally right with like coaching the families too, because my, my pediatric experience before I did early intervention, it was, um, like, like bringing the clinic to the home, I'd bring my toy bag. And now with early intervention, I've learned the coaching model where I use what they have. And, and yeah. I felt like it's, it went really well when we switched to telehealth. Cause I was like almost a fly on the wall before, of course, still demonstrating and back and forth, but it was, I could see the difference in how the coaching model really fits into telehealth. Well, yeah. But, so I'm, I definitely agree with that coaching perspective. Um, so I, I've learned a lot. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the group or any topics you'd like to talk about? Um, oh no, I think I, I think I rambled away. You did great. You gave so much great information and I'm so happy that you agreed to come on my little show (laughs) recording. We're all doing new things. Let's, we'll just all support each other. It's fine. And um, so my last question that I like to ask yeah. at the end, um, mm-hmm. how do you drink your coffee or your morning drink or your mm-hmm. drink, what's your drink of choice in the morning? Uh, definitely a cup of coffee. And up until a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said like with some almond milk or coconut milk, um, but my husband brought home oat milk and okay. it's been fantastic. That's, so, I'm going to say that, oak milk. Okay. Oat, yeah, like, like the oats. Oh, okay. At first I was like, oh, it's like the tree. <laughs> For that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Trees in the backyard. You can get some oaks. Um, <laughs> no, it was oats. I think, I think some sweet old man was getting it as my husband was trying to get some milk and he's a sucker for sweet old men. So he was yeah. like, he told me about this oat milk, but <laughs> it's actually really good. Big fan. So no sugar, no cream, just a little pretend milk. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Bethany. I'm going to go ahead and stop recording and thank you everybody for listening and ask questions. Um, if you want to see, like maybe you could put your company website on the comments so that way they can like take a look there. Yeah. Um, I'll give our, our website kind of, there's always a work in progress. So the website is being overhauled because when I started in February, like the business doesn't even look the same. So uh, but we also have Instagram and Facebook um, that are have lots of resources on there as well. So we'll give you all the contact info. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs>